You started your business to help others. Somewhere along the way, you lost the capability of doing it on your own. Imagine how much different your business would be with an extra $10,000. Would you pay your rent? Would you buy new equipment? Would you pay your coaches more? Would you pay yourself? What if you could do that and donate to others? We started our business to help you. Finally, a, a payment solution for the micro gym space. We are proud to introduce you to WheelPay, a platform that allows you to both save money and be generous. With giving partners like the Phoenix, the Navy SEAL Foundation, the Green Beret Project, and other charitable organizations, you can trust that your donations will make a massive difference in the lives of others. Saving has never been easier. Giving has never been easier. Pay better. Do better. We'll pay. We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Fern, for everyone that takes the level one, at some point during the lecture of technique and intensity, we have this concept of safety, efficacy, and efficiency. And before that, we talk about CrossFit's charter, mechanics, consistency, intensity. But I probably wanted, know that, by the way. I, I Googled it before we got on this right. call. That's good. That's good. I, so, side note, when was the last time you gave a lecture? Well, it's been a while. I actually have to, I'm working next weekend. I'm a little anxious. Are you giving that lecture? Oh, giving that lecture technique You're and right. intensity? Uh, no, because I'm at a level two. I, oh, got it. I've probably given that. That's one of the more challenging lectures, I think, at the level one. It is the hardest lecture for multiple reasons. <laughs> Number one okay. is because um, it's for whatever reason, because I think of where it sits in the schedule. It's the one year you least see like as a as a red shirt. Because it's uh, was it right after lunch or no? Right. Well, it's right after lunch. You're typically preparing right after lunch. for the workout. Right, right. So it's right after lunch. So you so very rarely are you like honed in on that. It's not like the what is CrossFit or what is fitness lecture or nutrition that like have a break coming afterwards. So that one, and it also, and I've talked to Chuck about this. It also is the one that requires, in my personal opinion, the deepest amount of knowledge so that you can start to connect the dots on all the things we've talked about thus far. Because it's the last. It's, it's with the exception of programming, it's the last theory lecture, kind of. And nutrition. But yeah, it's a last theory lecture as far as movement. Fitness. CrossFit, right. Like CrossFit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The other ones are like, hey, programming and then nutrition. But like, like with, the, with kind of like the, the, the theory, pre, like to understand that. Um, and it is kind of like an abstract theory. So like, yeah, I would agree with you. Um, no, it's, back it's, to it's, efficacy, well, it's efficiency, funny, and safety. Go ahead. It's, it's funny you say that because when you look at the lecture in the material, there's kind of six components to it. And they're very separate. You know, it's uh, like, two, one is, if you just look two, at the lecture. Technique. Yeah. Is that what you're talking right? yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, There's right. technique. Then there's kind of the strength, you know, productive right. application of force. Right. And then we get into, and I, I gave the lecture once in front of Joe Alexander, someone, you know, a good friend of yours and mine. And he said to me, he goes, 
That was so great how you went from, and I didn't realize, I'd never been able to replicate that. Like, I was like, I wish I knew what I did because I've never felt, and that doesn't mean, I think it's one of those things like no one recognizes except the person delivering the lecture. Yeah, so the, I think in all those lectures, transitions are what makes a good lecture. Like, how do you seamlessly transition from one pretty big concept very smoothly into the next one? So they're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. I see where we're going now. That's how, and I've talked to Chuck about this before. Like that, that's like I, some people practice their lectures and give them verbatim. Like that's what Cassidy does, but I can't do that. So mine oh, is no, like, what's, what's the story? What's the story arc? Who are the characters? Like, I need to be able to tell this story as we go through. Anyway. No, and that's really that's not no, no, important. That's you know, that's really <laughs> lectures are, are analogous to just coaching, right? Like, hey, for a lot of the people, coach the air squat. And you and I know very quickly heels, knees, depth, arch, line of action. So I can implement or input some fun, my own personality, uh, some unique coaching cues in there. But it's because you have that foundation, you know it inside and out. And going back to what you said we don't see the technique intensity lecture as much as we see what is CrossFit, the squats, because you're, it's the beginning of the day, you're sitting down. And like Fern's saying, for those that have taken the level one, you know, after technique and intensity, it's thrust or pull up workout, but we're setting that up during that. Right. So we, so we just don't learn it as, as, as well. It's not as ingrained, but anyway, Oh, by the way, you haven't listened to it yet. I recently recorded an interview with Dale, King, Doc Spartan founder. Right. It went up. It's it'll have gone up before this, but you have another chance. And we definitely make a lot of fun of you on the episode. I mean, well, lucky for you, I'm not offended by <laughs> I got some I got some I got some good advice one time, which is like, listen, don't take criticism from people that you wouldn't take advice from. So I don't know what that says about Ooh, you. That is really good. I just think, yeah, in general, I've learned not to give a shit. I do my best. Obviously things happen, but it's like, don't give a shit about what other people think. What's one of those quotes? Like what other people think of you is none of your business. <laughs> That's a great one too. But anyway, you know, Doc Spartan was on recently, as you guys know, best hour, we'll get you 15% off. We're, he's creating the Ackerman anti-aging bundle. Which, which you need. So he needs to hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I just had my coaches call, you know, we have the coaches development group. Uh, more information, we're, we're doing a lot for that. So we're going to have a bigger opportunity for more people to get involved. But today's call really dove into the art of coaching. And we, you know, safety, efficacy, and efficiency is there because you've coached classes, I've coached classes, the listeners have where you have athletes that are like, wall ball was the example that came up or back squats, and they're just not finding full range of motion. Okay. So- you know, the, the, the question becomes like, where's that line of relentlessness versus pushing people to be, you know, better versus keeping, you know, making sure they're, they're, you know, excited to come back. And that's kind of where I wanted to go with this. We have safety, we have efficacy, we have efficiency. My question to you is where does fun fit into that? Because Without fun, none of that other stuff matters because they're not coming in. Right. So I think the the way I would answer this is like there's there's what I would consider to be like three ingredients 
to the recipe, which is like, if I'm safe, I'm, I'm obviously that will enable me to have a good time to some degree, right? If I'm getting a result, that is also fun. And if I'm getting there in a reasonable time frame, that is also very fun and, and something that I'm looking forward to. Um, so those three ingredients are factors in fun, right? So like we give a couple, we can give multiple examples, which is if they're not having to work hard in the workout because they feel like this is too easy because we're, you know, we're de demanding that they move absolutely perfectly. Well, that's not fun. Like maximize safety, like good for you, like zero risk here, not fun. Um, if they, if they never get the next piece of the progression to a movement, if they never get off the purple band, also not fun. That, that's like, that is the, you know, the kind of efficacy portion of that. Like there is no result here. Um, and if they're on that purple band forever, that is kind of wrapped in both efficacy and efficiency, right? Like there is no outcome or it just takes me so long to get there that I'm just like, this sucks. It doesn't work. Um, so I think fun if it's missing any of those ingredients is not as fun as it could be. Could I still have a good time? Sure. If I like the people in the room, like I can make anything boring if I put the right people in the, or sorry, I can make anything fun. If I put the right people in the room, like we could all stand like a watch paint dry. And if I put me and three of my best buddies in there, like that's going to be a good time. And people are going to want to be a part of it, even though we're just watching paint dry. So removing the personalities from it, um, you know, I, I think you have to be able to manage those three and you have to give a little to give a little to get to get a little, excuse me, uh, in order to do that. And that that's that's kind of like the abstract piece of the art of coaching. And that's like art is abstract by nature. So, so how do how do we get there it is really like, how do I master this thing that is you know kind of subjective, to be honest with you? Well, that that's the key. And I think one, one of the things you and I dive into a lot with Affiliate U and our coaches development is really showing people that there's an art to this coaching thing. Yes, there's information you need to learn. Yes, you need to know the nine foundational movements, the points of performance, cues associated with those, et cetera. But then really, I don't know if it's beyond that or before it, there's the art of coaching. And I told my group today, like, you will lose a member and you have, I have, because you push them, not just from a intensity perspective, but from a perspective of like, I don't care if I get below parallel and this is no longer fun for me. And they will go somewhere else. Right. Well, so I mean, I have, I have examples of that in my gym where people who I have members who I don't want to use absolutes, but will probably never do an overhead squat just physically incapable of getting into that position. So am I going to beat them up because of their inability to get in a good position? Like think about like m most of the people who start to age and like, just don't already have good positions anyway. So we start pushing into our fifties and sixties. A lot of these would become like the joints get a little bit tight, which is like, yes, range of motion is, is, is a, becomes paramount at that point. But Am I going to push and be like, come on, man, really get that bar overhead. Like we're going to overhead squat today, even though the bar is at a 45 degree forward, you know, they're using a training bar. It can't get below parallel. So they're full, you know, cantilevered forward, you know, so the bar, if anybody's watching the video, the bar is just out that way and they're smoked. They know they're not doing it right. They're not idiots and they feel stupid. It's not fun. Right. So I guess going back to my original question on this is, you know, and let, maybe we should take a step back and explain safety, efficacy, and efficiency from the technique and intensity lecture. So 
safety, you have to keep your athletes safe, right? It doesn't matter how well. Let's let's talk about it. We want to balance. You have not given. You have not given this lecture. (laughs) (laughs) You are blowing this. Should I take over here? Should I? Should I intervene? Okay, got it. I started to look at it from the mechanics. Right now, right now, this is a not pass. Let's see if we get to a pass and hold. Yeah, (laughs) pass and hold. Yeah, for those listening, we get feedback on every lecture, and sometimes the feedback is you cannot give that lecture again, which is what for. <laughs> which is where but you're at right now. You I'm, are not qualified to give this lecture at this point. Okay, so we have three things we want to balance: safety, efficacy, and efficiency. Safety, clearly keeping your athletes safe, preventing injury. Efficacy, are we are we getting results? You know, is this program working? And then ultimately, efficiency. Are we getting these results and how fast are we getting them? Now, those three things have to be working with one another. And the example we often give is, okay, you show up at the box and 100% of your members are doing bar muscle-ups in the open. However, you know, every year over the course of training, three of your members die, right? Cool. Uh, efficacy, yes, you're getting results. Safety, not so much. Yeah. Imbalance. Now on the, on the flip side of this and something people don't think about either is no one in your gym ever rips their hands. Mm-hmm. No one or, in your or, gym has- Or what? nobody has a muscle up, zero right. people. But, but then it becomes no one has a muscle up. Cool, safety at 100% efficacy and efficiency closer to zero. So we have to balance those three things. So my question to you come, becomes where I, I'm thinking we should rewrite this lecture and it should be fun, safety, <laughs> efficacy, and efficiency. I'm, t- I'm being serious. That's where this topic came from because we uh, were talking about it. And it's like, if they're not having, you know, and, and this is the deal that I think a lot of CrossFit coaches make a mistake. The newer, you know, the curse of the novice, if you will. You forget like, hey, that person over there squatting above parallel is doing a lot more than the person sitting on their couch. So where do we draw this line of, yes, anatomically, it's a full range of motion, it's safer, it's stronger. But if that person is squatting 225 and they're missing parallel, but they're having a good time and they're showing up, is this better than nothing? Right. So the key word that you just said there, is it better? Better than what? better than they were before. So the, all, this conversation, for whatever reason, always lacks context. Be like, that person's not getting below parallel. Like, where did they start? Did they start not being able to get up without using their hands from a squatting position? Well, if that's where they started, then this is better, and I'll take it. So this is, this is kind of always the problem of like walking into a gym and making a whole, which we've all done, by the way, a whole lot of assumptions about what's going on with all of these athletes when they go in there. You know, and be like, I can't believe that person wouldn't do that. Like these coaches don't know what they're doing. Like raise your hand if you've never said that. So at this point, there should be no people raising their hands. Okay. So we have to determine, is it better, right? Is it better for them to push the weight a little bit, you know, because they want to get a heavy load on there? Um, it depends. What's the workout? Who is this athlete? And that's kind of like, it's kind of like what we talk about in the comment movement themes when we wrap that up in level two, which is like context, matters context is the thing that allows you to create this art that is coaching because creating it in a vacuum in this super black and white scenario um is not art it's super rigid it it does not it is it is not fun 
And this is kind of where coaching, we talked about this before, is very gray, right? Now, if I have to err to one of the three, I'm going to err towards the safety portion because getting hurt is the worst case scenario, right? Like they got injured. That's bad for everybody. It's bad for business. It's bad for this athlete. They can't train. They're, they're pissed off at CrossFit now. So <clears throat> the, the question that I always get is just like, cool, I get this conceptually, but how do I execute that in real time? And this is something that, you know, uh, Kristen Bone and I kind of like uh, really kind of ripped apart one day because I was just, you know, trying to like convey this, this concept to people. And it's, well, let's go back to something tangible, right? Like how do I maximize safety? And it's like, cool, which we've talked about before, which goes back to like the knowledge base that you have. Well, how do I make something safe? Well, I make something safe by abiding by the points of performance of the movement. They're based on safety, efficacy, mechanical advantage. Um, or sorry, uh, safety, mechanical advantage, and functionality. My bad. The, so in the safety portion of that, well, which one of the points of performance am I missing? Is below parallel safety? Not really. Am I getting full anatomical end range? No. Could the joint be healthier? Yes. Is it unsafe? Probably not. Okay. Rounded back, loaded back squat, unsafe? Probably. So maybe that's where I make my hard line in the sand for this workout. You know, so I think this is where you have to, you can't skip back the, like the, the, the uh, allowing this in this environment where fun is happening you can't skip right past all of the, I have to do my homework to know this information and then be able to apply that information to context on the athlete that I'm looking at in front of me to make sure that they have a good time. Because if they have a good time, they come back tomorrow. If they come back tomorrow, they have another good time, then they bring their friend. And then that just cycle repeats itself. So you can't just be this super rigid where like, if it's not perfect, uh, my athlete, you know, that's always, anytime some coach says that to me, they're just like, I, I never let my athletes advance unless they move perfectly. And I'm like, well, then your athletes are miserable and you have approximately one of them because that's not real. Well, and you know, something that I think is important and you kind of said this is safety is kind of the umbrella, if you will. So whenever someone asks me a question, so in the, in the group, it was, you know, this, this person, you know, say you're giving feedback to go lower and they don't want to, or whatever the, whatever the movement is, if, if you are at any bit concerned or worried about their safety, that's your, that's your catch all like, cool, stop. You don't get to go further. Like you said, that rounded back back squat where you're afraid someone's either going to blow out their vertebrae or dump a barbell over their head. That's different than someone not quite going low enough on a wall ball, which is basically 14, 20 pounds at its heaviest. So we're not suggesting not to use safety as your catch-all. If you're, if, if you're, you know, unsure, if there's some, a risk of injury, stop. If there's doubt, there's no doubt, right? We, we, we like right. to refer to that. Now, the key to all of that is, you know, and, and going back to it, and that's what I love about safety, <laughs> efficacy, and efficiency. It's not one before the other. It's not one and then the other. It's not one or the other. It's no, are all three being met simultaneously? So now that's why I think fun can fit in there because- It absolutely can and it should. Do you think I should, do you think I should call uh, Eric Rosa and tell him this? Yeah, yeah I, think, I think you should submit this to, um, who would get the best? Who would we get the I'll best? I'll probably just response? use this just podcast. Just write to Dave. 
Send it right to Dave. Send it right to Dave. I should text. Like, hey, I, I have I have edits. Um, and then Dave, copy, I know copy copy Leah. <laughs> I know we've been doing this lecture for about twenty years now, but I really think we've uh, we've missed the boat. <laughs> yeah, I think we've blown it. I think we've blown it. Um, and by the way, twenty one point three sucked. It That's did suck. Um, so yeah, I think uh, no, I think you're right. Like fun is the if you don't check the fun box, well, then you definitely can't say you have good community. Well, and, and the point being, you just won't, I mean, it's going to be very obvious. You won't have a community. I think that, you know, and it's, it's hard to show this. Like, I think the best coaches in the world naturally do it, but I tell you, and I know that, you know, I'm not one to do my own horn, but when I right. coach on Monday nights, I mean, I got done with coaching yesterday. I have like 20 texts from you and Katie because I'm not doing anything other than coaching. But what I will say is there's an energy in there and it's palpable, not just when I coach, but when anybody is coaching and really caring about their members. And, and in 15 years of CrossFit coaching, yes, I've gotten better at seeing and correcting and even teaching but the place I've made the most gains is just understanding individually what they need to have had a good time. And for some people that's, they're not getting below parallel and I never mention it. For other people, get your ass below parallel, Eric, because I know he wants that, right? And, Eric and Rosa. That's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I just had to, I don't, I've never seen Eric Rosa squat. But I, I would bet he doesn't go below parallel. Why you say that? Does he look like a guy that doesn't go below? He looks like a line? guy that he looks like a guy. I've, again, I've never seen him. He's a, he. You look like a as, high squatter. You look like a high squatter. He looks somewhat tall. And I have no idea how tall he is. To be honest with you. No, but I mean everybody. We can look at his games me. profile. Stand by. Oh, right. Google that while I while I give you the other. God, where's Young Jess when we need her? We need Young Jess. Young Jess. Oh man. Retired from the Navy, Young Jess. We have quite the job <laughs> opportunity for you. Um, no, and he looks tight. He looks tight to me. I think he was probably a runner and endurance athlete. I do, I do, I do believe his. I think he had a little bit of a background in the endurance world. Yeah, I mean, he's a Colorado guy. He probably ran a lot. I, I would guess he has an immature squat, and squats a little high. <laughs> Speaking of uh, home office, that's, you're gonna that, get the termination letters coming through, <laughs> coming through right here shortly. <laughs> hey, they don't listen to this. They don't listen to this. But we got our, we got nobles coming. I'm pretty stoked about that. I was saying to, um, um, I think it was on my podcast with Dale, actually, how one thing I really like that home office is doing, and I think it is a reflection of Eric, I'll give him a compliment now, is he's a fan first. And I think he's doing a lot of the things that as fans of this fans sport want. and this, yeah, yeah like, you know, we're, I'm going to get a pair of noble shoes, which I'm super excited about. And I'm going to get a whoop again. I used to have a whoop and, yeah. I, and I like it. I just, you know, just stopped using it. So that, that's pretty cool that they're passing that down. But anyway, have you pulled up his games profile? I wonder if he's. Do you think he's fitter than me? I just. It just popped up. Stand by. It's him. It's him skiing. He's doing. Uh, and he's like. Yeah, he's got yeah. that big ass smile on his face. He definitely uh, squats. Five nine. Five nine. That's he's five nine. That's tall. That's tall. He's significantly taller than you. He's one foot taller than you. Did I tell you? I think I've said this on the podcast. How I didn't realize I was small. Uh, we did one day. We we're just like, why does my neck hurt? And you're like, 
Why, no. why do I see the bottom I, of everybody's I'll tell chin? You, you know, so I'm 42 years old and this is probably a year ago. I was like, fuck, I didn't realize I'm so short. And <laughs> I think I really, I, this is a true story. I had no idea how small I was. So two things happened. And I'll tell you why. I, I mean, I you, you just turned 42. We've been doing the podcast for how many years at this point? Like four years, maybe. That's also not correct. But the, the, I've been telling you, I've been telling you that you're short since episode one. It just rolls off at this point. And Todd does the same. But here's why. I think it's because I, I participated in sports as a kid. You know, I did play a lot of tennis. And while being taller in tennis is an advantage, I was pretty good at tennis. But I wrestled. And when you wrestle, you only compete against those that are basically the same size as you. So I was just like, right. okay, I compete against other people Everybody's that are 91 short. pounds. Yeah. I mean, right. no joke. I compared, I, I used to compete against the little person on, on the regular. No, oh, I believe that. So, yeah. So, yeah, my, my sport was the opposite. Right. I was we, like the shortest person all the time. And were you really on, in Division One? Oh, 5'11 in, in college is a midget, basically. You cannot say that word, dude. You cannot say little. It's, it's person a little short person. Stature. It's per, yes, little it's person. little person. So, Katie, edit that out. Don't edit it out. But anyway, point is, here's the other thing. I mean, it's here's the, the truth. Other, here's the other thing. So, one, I was listening to someone talk, and they said something like their average height, and they're five eight. And I was like, well, shit. If they're five eight and they're average, that's about right. I'm very low. I'm five inches below that. So I was like, right. okay, that was kind of an eye opener. And then this was this the deal breaker. Did you do you remember there was a guy named in a in a viral video about Bagel Boss? You've talked we've talked about Bagel Boss. Before. Yeah. So basically, he was getting bagels. He was four eleven, and somebody was making fun of him. And he's like, it's because I'm short, and I've always had these challenges in life. Blah blah blah. And I was like, wait a second, this guy's four eleven. I'm like two inches taller than him. I was like, should I be this angry? Like, should I be as angry as this guy? And that was really just- I was man, you, man. I'd be angry. Yeah, I didn't realize, I didn't realize how small he was. But anyway, did you pull up Eric Rosa? How did he do? Oh, in the open? Oh, no, I actually didn't yeah. pull up. I just pull up his, um, I have to go to the leaderboard. Anyway, the, um, but to go back to the, to the technique portion of that, the, Again, just or you know the the management of intensity. The, this is something where I think people always struggle. It's like, what do you mean? How do I manage intensity? I'm like, it's with the points of performance. Going back to knowing, just like, hey, neutral spine, weight in the heels, line of action, hip crease below knee, knees tracking the toes. When I'm losing those, I need to rein them back in while at intensity, right? So like, we get it conceptually, but it can be it can be way more difficult to execute real time, and it's typically because like you know when we talk about how we coach it's like it's not random right i'm looking for specific things and that's how yeah. i make sure that they go fast and give me the specific things whenever whenever somebody questions things like well how do i know if someone's standing too wide or their hands are too narrow my response is always check the points of performance if you want to squat with your heels touching and you can get below parallel keep your weight in the heels you know midline stabilization Squat wherever the fuck you want, but if you want to take Sweet. your feet, I'm fitter than I'm 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 fitter than the boss. That's all I know. Are you fitter than him? He's forty three thousandth in the world. And I'm I'm twenty nine. 
thousand. Is that is age group or is that just in the world? I think that's open, just in the world. In the world. So anyway, but point is, because you get those questions a lot. Hey, I 175. saw uh, Got 19 bar muscle ups. So he beat me there. He got 19 bar muscle ups? Hmm? That's impressive, dude. Now, can he move on to the next round? Like, did he know what the workouts were in advance? I got to question him on that. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I, so let's see. I doubt he had an input on them. We'd have to break, also, we'd have to break sure out, we have to break them. out percentile. He has to be 10th percentile, right? If he, if he did 19 bar muscle ups, he's definitely 10th in his age group. Uh, well, no, that's just one workout. I know, but it's fitness, dude. If he could do 19 bar muscle ups in that workout, he did well on the wall walk workout and well on the, what was the other workout? The snatches. 1327 yeah and, and the snatch workout six. no 1327 uh, no, in the first workout so the the wall the wall walk workout he finished and then it? 16 is no his tie break time was 1327 he got uh, uh 15 wall walks and then 75 double unders oh. and he got 1606 in the dumbbell See, in the dumbbell workout that's which, what's which cool is pretty about good, him. by the way yeah i mean he's your he's your run-of-the-mill middle-aged Dude, that fit, fell in love with guy. CrossFit. Right. And he's but he's fit. not like super fit. Like he probably struggles with double unders like most people that just kind of find CrossFit. Outside a of cro- yeah, outside of outside of the CrossFit community, he's he's the fit probably the fittest fifty three year old in the in any room. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's you know, I think that's what people forget about the open. Like you see your score forty thousand in the world, like forty thousand in Did the world. Did you guys know that Lindsay Andrew was once a CrossFit Games athlete? Oh my God, yeah, I mean, true. it's not. No. You went to regionals one time, maybe? A couple of times. A couple of times. We got two regional athletes on this call. Right How many now. muscle ups did you get yesterday? And did she off get camera. any? <laughs> no, she didn't get any. <laughs> She's got a bum wing. She got a bum wing. Yeah. She also she got, got different anatomy. I cheered her on. I cheered her. Her anatomy doesn't help her, does it? Yeah. She's got um, short arms. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's awkward looking. Now she's gonna be now she's gonna be self conscious about her arm length. <laughs> she just seems creeping T-Rex back arms. into the video. She's yeah. like one of those getting you know, on the camera when, yeah. when a news story is happening in your town and you're like the guy in the, the background. <laughs> so anyway, Eric um, Rosa, I, I, I'm I'm impressed with him. But anyway, let's go. I I lost my entire train of thought about what we were referring yeah. to. Oh, we were talking about- Not shocking. Refer to the points of performance for the coaches. It's like, hey, you're gonna have, especially back in the Kelly Starrett days, hey, I, I saw online, uh, feet should be uh, hip width apart, toes pointed forward, cool. When you do that, you squat on your toes and your backgrounds. You cannot do that until you show me the points of performance are being met. And that should be upheld for any movement. Hey, can I go real wide on my uh, jerk? Sure. Are you in a solid receiving position? You know, the, the, that's the foundation of what we're looking for. Yeah, so that's just generally good advice, which is I'm not looking for something super specific with regard to setup because setup is predicated on a couple different things. Like largely it's anthropometrics. Like what is the size of this athlete? So broad shoulders changes that and people miss that when they do squat setups. If you have broader shoulders, you got more room potentially in your squat stance. If 
your hips, knees, and ankles can facilitate it, right? So it's just always one of those things where I go back to points performance. I'm like, is that stance appropriate? I'm like, I don't know. We need to see you squat. And then I need to see you squat under intensity because an air squat may not pan out to be the same as squat back, front, overhead. Who knows? We'll find out. But going back to the, the art of coaching is, is using all of this technical information. But I have to know the technical information to apply the context to the athlete in order such that they get results and have fun. Like it's gotta be fun. Like we can't, we can't simultaneously have this conversation about community absent of fun. Like that's what makes community fun, right? Just like yeah, coach, that's what makes community is fun. Coach Glassman used to say, you know, if people are joining the gym down the road and not your gym, it's, it's because they're having more fun. Right. So, and that doesn't mean that we can't have good coaching. But like, that's the challenge, right? So this is yeah. where the, this is where mastery of the art of coaching comes in, which is like, can you do both? In intensity, it's like, cool. Can you be technical and fun? Right? Which one do you want? Well, I would really like both, right? Think about the Henshaws, the Bergners of the world. Like, you ever been to one of their centers or heard them talk? I'm like, they're both. I think the newer coaches struggle with that. They become really good at one or the other. And think, you know, I'm not at that level. So it's hard for me to do both. But really, that's what it, it comes down to. So let, let, let's give some tangible advice here. Because I think, like I said, that's where I've improved the most. And if I had to use a word to describe it, I would say it's empathy. Because, you are you know, empathy is basically you're putting yourself in this person's shoes, right? You're seeing things from their perspective. And you have to understand if they're not squatting below parallel, and I know we just keep using this. I, I use that example a lot because it's common. It's a, it's a range of motion standard. And like you said earlier, it's not really indicative of safety. Like you can right. still be very safe there. It's just as a CrossFit coach, we harp on it because it's like, that's the standard. That's the standard. Now, yes, I will if say. Anybody that's freaking, if for anybody that's freaking out about the, you know, at parallel where the knee's at 90 degrees, yes, we understand that that is where the most shear force on the knee is. However, like, is it unsafe? Usually no. Okay, so calm down. Like, and most likely the people that you're referring to in this scenario are not squatting heavy enough that it's dangerous. That that would right? Like, right. Right. Like you and I and your more veteran athletes that are squatting 225, 315 know that not only is it safer to get below parallel, but it actually makes the lift easier. Like that's one of the biggest things to me is like, you're making this harder by stopping right above parallel. If the positions are good, like depth with bad okay. positions is not easier. It's, it's worse. Fact right. there. I get, I'll give you that. Context, you that. context. Yeah. Right. But, but, but we all know that, right. It's just like, Hey, going lower in a rounded back position when you were priorly in a neutral spine above parallel is not make it easier. Yeah. yeah. Assuming all things are equal. You're right about that. Right. So, but the point is you have to have that empathy and look at, okay, for example, I'll give you some examples from the box. This dude, Eric, great guy struggles to get below parallel, but I yell at him to get below parallel because I know performance is important to him. I know tracking his progress is important. And so there's my empathy on why I push there. And then I have a woman like Sally, who's maybe in her sixties and she, you know, she's just struggles to get below parallel. She's there to have fun. So finding that balance in a group setting of when, and you know, now if someone came in and saw Sally squatting, they'd be like, that coach sucks. Like he hasn't told her once to get below parallel. And I would say, no, I'm good because the alternative is if I yell at her too much, 
she doesn't have fun. She leaves unhappy and she doesn't come back. Uh, and this is where um, at least sports is very much like this too, but you can carry this skill over, which is the best coaches get the athletes to do what they wanted them to do. Uh, and it's not always by yelling at them. And so like you, if you watch, you know, any number of 30 for thirties and you look at like, who are the I watch people that I love 30 for 30s. Right. Right. Who are the people that were like, like how, why was Phil Jackson able to coach Dennis Rodman and Michael Jordan, like two polar opposites. And it's because they were managed differently. You have to think of the same way, which is like, what is the thing that I'm going to choose? What button on this athlete, meaning like safety, efficacy, efficiency, which button am I going to push today? And you may push two, you may push all three, or I may only push one, but which one am I going to push today? Which one of those buttons on this athlete based on what they need for today am I going to push, right? Do they just need to, you know, sound a little bit? So I'm going to push the safety button be like, hey, slow down. I just want you to work on some technique today because that's what I think you need because you rode 50 miles yesterday on a bike yesterday. So I'm not really worried about your intensity. So we're going to press the safety button for today. Or they come in and they're having a bad day. I'm like, hey, lighten the load and let's lay the hammer down, right? So let's let's get after it and let's really, really chase the kind of the efficacy of this is like some intensity out of this, therefore get some results. Okay. Cause that's what you need today. Right. And if you don't squat below parallel, cool, I'll give it to you. And so this is like when we do CDPs and we have new coaches or people that just come in shadow and, and, and I'm super happy that these people see what's going on. They're like, what do you think about that? That wall ball is a little bit high. And I'm like every fourth rep, there's a knee thing going on there. Right. Like, and maybe you also don't know that that person's going through whatever a divorce or something like that. So like now's not the time. Right. Now's not the time to like be judging standard of the open on this person for this workout. That's not why they're here. They're here to like let off some steam and be a part of the community. So I know sometimes I do need to dig in. I'm like, Hey, Reagan, you could squat lower. I know you can. I've seen you do it for five years. I don't know why you're squatting high right now. Like, please do so. She's like, okay. And I'm like, all right, cool. We're good. But I know what buttons I can push and when. Right. This is go, going back to like connection. I need to know these people. I need to know things about them. I need to know what's going on in their life. This is what allows me to be the artist that paints this picture that ends up being a really fun, awesome class. But it's not either or, right? It's not like you have all the technical knowledge and it's not like you're Mr. Jokester. It's like a combination of both so that people both have fun and get results. Yeah. So like I said, I'm going to text Castro after this. Tell them we, 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 yeah. we did look, Dave, we messed up. It's not, it's okay. We can rectify it. I'm going to rewrite this lecture. And uh, actually we're just going to play this podcast at the level ones going forward in lieu of the lecture. Everybody knows. And then he's going to be like, Hey, mail, he's gonna be like, mail your shirts to this address. And by the way, we said this CEO is tight and doesn't get below parallel. Um, but yeah. here's, here's what I would say. I think the, there's a lost art in the CrossFit world right now. And that lost art is, what would you call this? Kind of like the after-class powwow. Like, you know it when you played at Navy. I knew it from wrestling practice. Like, after-class of like, hey, Fern, you, you did a great job with that bounce pass. Uh, let's work on your your jumps, whatever, you know, where you're kind of reflecting. And I, and I tell this story. I... I have a very vivid memory of my high school wrestling coach, my freshman year. I finished a match in like 30 seconds. I pinned this dude. He grabbed me by the arm and started chewing me out. And I'm sure you had that experience in basketball over the years, right? I'm like, I just, I'm excited. I'm coming off. I just pinned this kid. 
and he's yelling at me that the move I did, I shouldn't have used that early in the match, blah, blah, blah. And, but that, but we don't do that in CrossFit. And I, I, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with boxes are trying to do too much in an hour. There's obviously the whole COVID thing where, you know, you, you can't have this overlap. People are cleaning equipment, but I mean, I think there's, what would you, what would you call that? Give me a name for that. Is that what you were kind of referring like, like people enjoy being here? No, no, no. I think that the the art of like a, it's like during the cool down where you would sit down and have like a recap. Oh, gotta like, like there's a lot of things you could do. Just but that like, the huddle, right? Like the huddle. A huddle is a great. The huddle. Term, yeah. Right. Maybe that's you know? something we we put that into level two. We should tell them they need to add that to. Uh, <laughs> The lesson plan, I'm not sure. Like, here's where you put the huddle in the cool down. No, but I give you, like, I had 14 people in my five o'clock class last night, which was, you know, a busy class. And like five of them were in their first week of CrossFit. And then, you know, a couple of veterans. But after class, I was like, you know, just something simple, like, Heather, great job. Like, you started going below parallel because we were front squatting. I really love that. There was this new girl, Millie. I was like, Millie, you're really stubborn in real life because I've never seen someone so new push themselves so hard. You know, Josh, great job. You know, even just that simple stuff, but in front of the class, like having that after-class huddle is your opportunity to reflect on things. So yeah, maybe I wasn't happy that so-and-so wasn't going below parallel. And by the way, guys, I know I was yelling at you for not going below parallel. Here's why. Uh, So you can sit to your toilet. You know, you guys poop every day. But Sometimes we forget that, like we're just a coach and we're just telling them what to do because we know they should do it. But forgetting like, like my wrestling coach, Ackerman, you use the, you know, three quarter Nelson, 30 seconds into a match, you pin that scrub, but that's not going to work against anybody good. And that's why he yelled at me, right? So now I note that same thing here. I've been yelling at you for the last hour, but here's why. And I think that's a, I think that's something that's missing in the CrossFit space these days. Well, Figure out what your huddle is at the end of your class. Close it out. Make sure there's an ending. Hands in, everybody. Get a hell yeah. Get a whatever. Close it out. I agree. I agree. So recapping, it's no longer just safety, efficacy, efficiency. It's fun, safety, efficacy, and efficiency. And I know it's kind of hyperbolic and goofy, but the truth of the matter is none of that stuff matters, nor does anything that you're doing in your box matter if if, if it's not fun. Because you could be the best coach in the world with no members. And it doesn't matter how good you are if you don't coach anyone. That's also not fun. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at Best Hour of Their Day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.